0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Wow. You folks never, never, never cease to amaze me in the fact that you just love to come to church here on Wednesday night. And, uh, boy, I love to meet you here. What an honor, what an honor to pastor a church that's so engaged in what God is doing at 4700 Westgate Boulevard, huh? It's a great thing. Hey, we're fixing, the, we're fixing to stick a pick in the ground. We're just about through with the city, believe it or not. We're fixing to stick a pick in the ground and start some beautiful work around here to make this seat more than twice than what it's seating right now and having us a huge foyer on the other side and then I know what you're thinking then probably a parking garage we're going to hide park it here we're going to go up we can't go out we're going to go up because we just we kind of like where we are I like this place a lot of people have asked us if we'd sell out to them because they'd like to have a church here but no we got it we got the church here turn to somebody and say I want to hear the word of the Lord tonight and I hope the pastor does decent just say that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start a two-week series tonight. We're going to start a two-week series on what I call mind talk. Mind talk. We're going to talk about the mind tonight. Mind talk. That's supposed to be a brain that's kind of speaking to you, you know. So we're going to talk about that. Kind of reminds me of the story of those little spinsters that always played bridge with each other. And when they got older, when they got older, one of them said, Somebody enjoyed that. I'm not even telling the joke yet. <laughs> one of them said, you know, I, I'm, I've got a problem. I, I think I have a problem. She said, when I go to the refrigerator, I know what I want on my way, but when I get there, I can't remember what I wanted when I opened the door. And the other one sitting right beside her said, you know, I have a little issue with that too. said, I get to the bottom of the stairs sometime and can't remember if I need to go up or if I've just come down. <laughs> And the third one, the third one said, "Well, I don't have any of that problem." Said, "I guess I better knock on wood." She said, "Come in." (laughs) Did you get it? All right. (laughs) right, Kind of reminds me of the story of the man that walked in the psychiatrist's office one day, and he had a iceberg leaf lettuce on his head. He had a cut cantaloupe over this ear had a fork to eat it, plastic fork over this ear, had made him a mustache and glued it on with spinach. And he had some whiskers down here made out of some broccoli or whatever. And he walks in and the doctor said, what are you here for today, sir? He said, well, I, I want to talk to you about my brother. I think he's crazy. I wonder what he's wearing today. Now, I know that I'm not preaching to a crazy crowd or people that don't know what they're doing. I know that every one of you know when you get up exactly what you're going to do all day. But I do want to talk to you today about some mind talk. And at the end of this, we're going to take communion. And if you feel like you need to repent over some things that your mind's been running around on, you can do that, and we'll take communion. And God's able and just to forgive us of all of our iniquities and sins. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to read some scripture here tonight for you. And... Uh, What I would like for you to do, you're not going to have time, if you're taking notes, you're not going to have time to write down what I'm going to put on the screen. So I don't mind if you get your camera out and take snapshots. I've got five observations I'm going to give you tonight. And some of them are two or three lines long. And you might not have time to write them before we get them off the screen. So if you want to take a snapshot of them and then just put them in your phone and you can read them and read them and reread them. And I've got some things I want to talk to you about tonight. I would also like to say that I'm excited about 85 people taking the plunge Sunday. It was awesome, it was just awesome. And I don't, un- I don't understand. I don't understand the favor of God, but I do know that favor is on this church. I do know that that favors on this church. That there is a church here that can meet the needs of people, no matter what walk of life they come from. And we believe that God is able and just. He's able and He's just to forgive us of all of our sins and wash us white as snow. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, Paul says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Then he writes in Ephesians chapter 4, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them because of the hardening of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Say mind talk. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to help the pastor. If he gets through it early enough, I want to help him. You may be seated. You may be seated. Most of us in the house can't have a beautiful face or a beautiful body, but we can have a blessed mind. And I want to talk about that tonight. The mind is the avenue through which temptations come. What we think on during the day determines how our day goes and whether we walk in victory or defeat. So I read it just a moment ago. Paul said in Romans 8 that to be carnally minded is death. So the antithesis must be true. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 23, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your daily thoughts determine your destiny in Christ. You've got to think to fulfill destiny, thinking people make impacts. George Barna did a survey on the top three influencers in our culture, and they are this. Number one is movies. Number two is television. And number three is sports celebrities. The church wasn't even in the top 25. Most churches could shut down, and the majority of the people in our culture wouldn't even notice But this church must continue to be an influencer in our world. If we're number 26, we're going to be the best 26 in the whole world. John chapter 7, Jesus said, On that last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. So in Romans 8, we learn that the river, say river, River. of of life. Stop now, I'll talk. Intersects your life and mine. And verses 5 through 7 of Romans 8 tells us that it's through the mind that the Spirit intersects our life. It's through our mind the Spirit intersects. So I'm going to give you five observations here tonight. And I will quote from a book called Flow. You can find it and read it. Written by the head of a psychology department at the University of Chicago years ago. Psalms 139 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Boy, I love those kind of verses, don't you? Isn't that tough? So I'm going to give you observation number one. Get your camera ready. You can take a snapshot of this. I know you're not filming me. Don't you shoot me. You shoot the film, uh, the, the the, the screen. Observation number one. The mind is a ceaselessly active fountain or stream from which one's spiritual life flows. Go ahead and take a picture. I'll pause. The mind is a ceaselessly active fountain or a stream from which one's spiritual life flows. What is flowing inside of you is a stream of consciousness. You're having a ceaseless experience of thoughts right now. Try to picture your mind like a transmission wire that carries telephone communication. Your mind is right now thinking about what I am saying, but in addition to that, There's a lot of useless information floating through your mind also while I speak on this thought. And some of you might think my information's useless. Some of you women could say, wow, I forgot to get my nails done today. Oh, praise the Lord, Pastor. (laughs) Some of you men might be biting them already. And those kind of thoughts just keep flowing. Like my boss, I think, was mad at me when I left work today. Oh, God, don't let it be that way tomorrow. And the couple in, in front of us is holding hands for crying out loud. That's so precious. I wonder why we don't hold hands anymore. <laughs> they look happier than us. Their marriage must be better than ours. And that girl, look what she wore to church tonight. <laughs> Have you seen his hair? Have you seen his hair? And you're all trying to listen to me at the same time. <laughs> and it's going on nonstop. And your mind is having a series of thoughts that never ceases. And you know that. Don't even remember what you were thinking about five minutes ago. But I know every 16 seconds a young man has a sexual thought, so it comes around pretty often. (laughs) Your mind is a ceaselessly flowing stream out of which comes your life. So if there's going to be thoughts coming into your mind and in your heart, you might ought to try to hold them steady and make sure they're of God. Amen? Now let me talk to you. Let me teach to you. Observation number two, get your camera out. Every person has certain patterns or habits when it comes to the nature of thoughts that run through your mind. Every person has certain patterns or habits when it comes to the nature of thoughts that run through your mind. Someone comes up to you tonight and says, you know what, you look great. And an optimist will think, what a friendly guy. And a narcissist will think, I was just thinking the same thing. Tell me more, you fascinate me. And a pessimist will think the lighting must be really bad in here, <laughs> if I look good. And a cynic will think the person's trying to recruit them for children's ministry. <laughs> Names we use to describe persons or personality like introvert, extrovert, brave, fearful, talkative, quiet, simply refer to their specific patterns of thought. That flow determines your identity. It determines your personality and it determines your character, and it's the way you experience life in reality. See, there's a river that's going on inside every one of us right now. It may be living water or it may be a toxic river. It is not your situation or your circumstances that determine the kind of existence you will experience in your life. But as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not a single thought, but that river of ceaseless thoughts that determine the quality of your life. What are you letting flow through your mind tonight? One of the great illusions of our day is that we think that lasting, authentic joy can be obtained by changing someone's external circumstance. I read about a study done recently by Dr. Janice Bowman who looked at 22 people who won the lottery. And, you know, when you win the lottery, that's a metaphor in our culture of hitting it big or the good life or being happy. So 22 people who won the lottery are studied and in six months they are at the same happiness level as they were before they won the lottery. It didn't, make, it didn't make a change. Even more extraordinary is a group of 29 people who were in accidents and became quadriplegics. And after six months were at the same happiness level they were at before the accident. Are you getting it? And what's more is that they were more optimistic about what their future prospects were for happiness than the lotto winners. Because many of them thought, I think I can walk again. But the lotto winner said, that's probably the only time I'll ever hit it. I'm still not happy. So understand that over the long haul, circumstances do not tend to change by themselves the nature of thoughts that flow through your mind and the quality of your life. Circumstances like if I had more money, if I could just drive that car. If I could just live in that neighborhood, if my marriage was just like pastors, I wish it could be. If I made more money, if I had married him or if I had married her, you'd be the same miserable person you are right now just at a higher level. You see, the way you are now is determined by the way you think. And Paul said, when standing in front of Agrippa... In Acts chapter 26, on his way to Rome to die, Agrippa said, Do you want to speak for yourself or you want somebody to speak for you? He said, I'll speak for myself. What do you want to say? He said, I think myself happy. I don't care what your circumstances is. I don't care what your situation is. You can stand in front of the world and say, There's a happy flowing river going through my mind right now. Somebody help me preach right now. What we have to do is change the way we think because thoughts have consequences and they shape our lives. Jesus said in John 12, I love this. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Did you hear that? Jesus said the Father spoke into my mind life everlasting. And that's why Jesus gives us eternal life. Whatever I I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And the words I speak bring you power to live. Can I tell you that the Jesus that we're serving is speaking eternal life into you right now? And you need to let the river flow. You need to let the river flow. Don't let circumstances, don't let negative talk get into your mind. We're talking about mind talk tonight. Come on. Let's think ourselves happy. Let's have church in our mind tonight and realize I can renew this thing up here. It can't happen. It can't happen. We've got a lot of stuff to put on the screen. You might ought to get your camera out again. Observation number three. Every thought. Has the power to move me into the flow of the Holy Spirit or close me off from it? Ever thought? Ever thought? Has the power to move me into it or close me off from it? So how do I know what kind of thoughts are the thoughts of the Holy Spirit? How do I know that God is at work in my mind? I'm going to give you the simplest answer tonight. Cognitive psychologists who study the mind say every thought comes with a small emotional charge. Did you hear me? It comes with a small emotion. Every thought makes you a little bit sadder or a little bit happier. Some of them carry a heavy emotional charge that can lead you towards rage or anger or euphoria or so on. But all thoughts have an emotional charge, and that's just secular psychologists who study the mind. But listen to Paul in his description of your thoughts. He says that every thought carries a spiritual charge. In Romans 8 and 6, thoughts that are in alignment to the flesh or in opposition to God lead to death. And thoughts in agreement with God always lead to life and peace. Paul said, we wrestle with thoughts every day. Every thought enables you or cripples you, empowers you or robs you. It's not your hairstyle. It's not your circumstance. It's how you think. I don't know if this is true or not. I really don't. It may be fable. But I hear a man was found in a junkyard one day that asked a man for some money. And the man said, well, I'll give you some money if you'll write me a song. I hear that somebody said, you're a poet. And he asked him for a wrapper, a candy wrapper. And he started writing this on that candy wrapper from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. We'll fight our country's battle on the land and on the sea. And that's where the Marine song was written in a junkyard because a poor man who was a genius had memory and understood how to write a song. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It don't matter where you are. It don't matter what your oh God. It don't matter what your situation is. Pick up your pen and start writing and letting God flow through your mind and your heart and your spirit and understand that you can be a happy soul now. Come on, I'll let you clap. I'll let you clap. If you're thinking thoughts that originated with the Holy Spirit, they'll always lead you to faith and hope in life. Say amen to that. Let me give you an example. Listen to this. I don't think I'll ever amount to much. I can't pass that entrance exam, so I don't think I can get an education. And if I can't get an education, I don't think I can be successful in life. So I just don't think God wants me to be successful. How many times did the person say, I don't think? Don't try to count them. You see, what those thoughts are leading to, not life, but death. And we often get in trouble when we play games with our minds and rationalize some thoughts as spiritual when they are not. You might want to take a picture of that because I'm fixing to blow you up. For example, I know this guy a guy drives past Culver's and wants some ice cream. And he prays. God, I only want ice cream if it's the will of God from my life. So if there's a space in front of Culver's when I drive by, I know what your will and this desire is from you. And sure enough, After the 10th time around the block, there's a parking place. (laughs) That's not spiritual. That's a game. You're playing a game with God. Thoughts that are spiritual will lead to happiness and not despair. And there'll be a parking place the first time you can get you some (laughs) cold. They always lead towards growth and never towards stagnation. They always lead to life. God's thoughts can never lead to death. He says, my thoughts towards you are good. And this is one of my favorite. It's written on the wall of my office under the paint and the drywall. Jeremiah 29 said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And then verse 12 said, and then you will call upon me and go pray to me and I'll listen to you. And you'll seek me and find me and you'll search for me with all your heart and I'll be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. That's how God thinks about you. See, he may identify your problem and say you need to deal with that and repent. But he'll never condemn you. He'll never make you think it's all over because it, is only, it only begins anew once you say you're sorry. We only get that fatalism from what I call Christian Taliban's, Who always remind us of how bad we are how unworthy you are and when you're thinking those thoughts it's not coming from the Holy Spirit those thoughts carry a negative charge and they will always promote death I'm preaching to you now how do you learn to keep the flow of the Holy Spirit going you need to learn how to shut down those thoughts that are coming right out of hell versus the thoughts that are coming from the Holy Spirit And the ones that are coming to us from the Holy Spirit are hard for us to receive because we have a pedigree of depravity and darkness in our lives. And I'm going to preach right now. You let me preach. Observation number four. You ready? The natural tendency, get your camera, of the mind apart from God is to lean toward death and not towards life. I didn't write this. I just discovered it and researched it. Romans 8 and 7 says that the mind of the flesh is hostile toward God and does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Here's one of the things that researchers found. When people are alone and not distracted by noise or activity, their minds naturally drift toward awareness of discontentment. So when you're left alone and you're not distracted by noise or activity, your mind drifts toward awareness of discontent. Anger, sense of inadequacy, anxiety about the future, and chronic self-preoccupation. So when there is no distraction or activity from the mind to focus on, it naturally leans toward the negative. We're all made that way. This is generally why people flee from solitude and why God told Adam it was not good for him to be alone. He said, lay down, boy, I'm going to take you to the rib and I'm going to make you a woman. She's going to be with you. That's good. It's not good for men to dwell alone. That's why you need church on Wednesday night. You need to be in church. Come on, let's have a little pep rally here. You need to be in church on Wednesday night. You need to be in church on Sunday morning. You need to be in the house of God. You need to have fellowship with other people of like precious faith. Mm, 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 mm. Do you know one of the worst forms of punishment in prison is solitary confinement? Because people hate to be alone with their minds. They can't stand it. I know Thomas Jefferson said, when I die alone, I die with genius. But I guarantee he thought negative thoughts too when he died alone. And it's a verifiable, verifiable fact that when human beings are left alone with their minds, that their thoughts lean toward being discontent, filled with anxiety. Fear and a sense of inadequacy and thoughts that lean toward death. That's why TV is so addictive. Now, I'm not going to preach against TV. It helps people escape from the reality of their wicked minds and, 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 and negative minds. Sports on TV is the easiest attraction for my mind. I went home yesterday and I was pretty tired. And I realized the Cubs were playing the Rockies. And I went up to my cubby room. Oh, Patty, don't bother me. No, I didn't tell her that. She always bothered me. And I, I got comfortable and I got distracted. I could care less who won. But I still up in the 13th inning when the Rockies did because <laughs> I can't stand to go to bed with a tie. Somebody's got to win. See, people don't watch it because it's so fulfilling but because it's a distraction from the reality and it makes them feel better. That's why you watch TV. That's why you watch soap operas. That's why you watch Dancing with the Stars. That's why you watch The Voice. That's why you watch American Idol. That's why you watch Manifest. Do you know why teenagers come home from youth camps, Bible camps with a positive attitude, all fired up for the Lord? I'm going to tell you why. It's because the camp has removed all noisy distractions from their lives. That leans toward the negative and helps them focus on that river of life. That flows from God into their mind. Quite simply, the mental distractions have been removed and their minds have been renewed and revived and invigorated by the power of the Holy Spirit and God's thoughts. The same thing will happen to us when we remove the mental distractions from our carnal mind. Isaiah 26, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. 2 Timothy said, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a, a sound mind, an understanding mind, a mind that gets it. Observation number five. Well, praise God, he's getting close to finishing The gift of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, means that you can choose what thoughts you will listen to. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is more than spiritual gifts. Don't misunderstand this and misinterpret this. All those things are nice. And I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love the nine spiritual gifts. I love them. They're nice. But the Holy Spirit can also give you wisdom to change your life. Because it is the Spirit of truth. Do you realize that if you can change your thoughts, you can change the direction of your life and make something pitiful, productive, and fruitful and great. Now I'm going to use a little bit of extreme here to make a point. It's only for a point. Stay with me now. I'm going to make a point. I don't know what some of you think about people that fall out but I don't care if you ever get slain in the spirit it don't bother me if you ever get slain or don't get slain pastor I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go find another church so I get slain no listen to me (laughs) I enjoy it it's happened to me and I like to see it happen you say yeah when it happens I got this anointing yeah but you need more than anointing you need a brain when you get up from that anointing (laughs) what good is an anointing without a thought process and without a mind you get up and your marriage still is not good. You still don't pay your bills on time. You still haven't honored God with your tithe, but you glow and you shake and stay on the floor for 30 minutes. And what good is that except the temporary change? God wants to make some eternal changes in you. And it all begins with the brain that is filled with God's thoughts. Come on, help me preach right now. You've got to get the mind of Christ in you. He never said renew this. He said renew your mind. You got to get the thinking right. Oh, I love the move of the Holy Ghost. I love when God moves in this house. I've been moved on by the Holy Ghost. We're going to continue to be moved on. But when you get up, you got to let the mind of Christ direct you the next day. So you won't have to be knocked out every time you come to church. You can stay in the presence of God and say, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to say the right words. I'm going to be what you want me to be. And I will make a difference in my world and in my family and in my future. That's what it's all about. I don't care what anyone says. The anointing isn't going to make you money or give you constance. But wisdom and God's thoughts will. God wants you to have an anointing because it will help you apply wisdom to your life, to the essential parts of your life that will make you successful. But he also wants you to have a brain and use it. And when the disciples were told to pick out seven deacons in the early church, they were admonished. Here's what they admonished, Acts 6. Brethren, choose out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, watch this, and wisdom. They need the Holy Ghost, but they need wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. I don't care if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're still out there. The anointing isn't a substitute for God speaking and using your brain and reinforcing your mind to his will and his way. It's supposed to enhance the mind and strengthen it. So you need to use the gift to enhance what God wants in your life. The gift of the Holy Spirit means I can choose the thoughts I listen to. He, the Holy Spirit, helps me filter out the good from the bad, helps me learn to mediate, to to meditate on the good. Listen, folks, here's what it's all about. Life is a discipline that we can learn. And when you change your thoughts, you can change your life and your destiny. There's a battle in life. Led by the devil, it involves the nature of thoughts that occupy your mind. Dallas Willard wrote, The ultimate freedom we have as human beings is the power to select what we will allow or require our minds to dwell on. My mama used to say this, one of her favorite lines, You can't help a bird flying over your head, son. But you can sure help him stopping and building a nest in your hair. And thoughts are going to come through and permeate your mind. They're going to come, and they're going to pass through your brain. But you've got to filter those that don't belong there. You've got to filter those that don't belong there. Don't make make somebody have to put a filter on your computer. Let your mind be filtered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's time we understand that God has given us love on this earth. And we don't need it on a screen. The ultimate freedom we have as human beings is the power to select. Don't get sucked into the negative thinking of the networks. I need to be thinking everybody wants to buy my car. I need to be thinking my house or buy the product I'm selling. You want to hear what I'm saying tonight. I need to think like that. That's the way I want to go out of this world. I don't want to be thinking, well, I don't suppose anybody came to hear me speak tonight. And I don't think anybody wants to buy my car, do you? I don't reckon you want to buy a house for me today, would you? No. Why do we think that way? Because we're losing the battle and not listening to the Holy Spirit who's called to, sub- to, call to be the comforter or the encourager of our lives in Scripture. There's always people in my recession, in any recession, always people in any recession getting jobs. There's always people having enough. In recession. There's always people making money in recession. There's always people getting rich in recession. Why don't you be one of them? You just turn your thinking around. I'm, out. I'm about done. Randy, if you'll help me. Thank God he's finished. But you've got to change the way you think, as Zig Ziglar would say. I love Zig. It's your stinking thinking that's got to change. He said every man needs a checkup from the neck up. I love Zig. So I wrote it this way, and you've said it. If you continue to do what you've always done, you will get what you've always gotten. You've got to change. You know that 90% of counseling is identifying wrong thinking and correcting the logic from God's Word. 2 Corinthians said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. Whatever you do, don't let your mind get enslaved to bitterness and prejudice and envy and pride and jealousy and anxiety and greed or, God forbid, superiority. Come on, be a humble person and walk with God. Love God. Change your thought process and change your life. Clap your hands real good. Years ago, there was a movie about a man named John Nash who was a mathematical genius and was borderline insane because he heard voices in his mind that made him feel important and he also played on his fears. And when he listened to them, they destroyed his relationships and distorted his perceptions and made him obsessive and terrified. And There were thoughts that led to death. So this guy with a brilliant mind had to learn how to not to listen to these voices. And I'm preaching to you. It's my clothes. And it takes a lot of time to test the thoughts and the voices in his mind and learn not to listen to the ones that led to death. He said, he said, I was thinking I might teach. I've gotten used to ignoring those voices as a result. I think they've given up on me. I love that. And in his battle, it's like the battle we all face. We can stop feeding those thoughts and we can choose life and let the river of God flow in our mind and our hearts. Later on in the movie, a man comes to tell him that he's been nominated for the Nobel Prize. And without addressing him, (laughs) he turns to a student leaving his class and asks her, do you see a man standing over there? She said, yes, sir, I do. He said, then I'll talk to him. You see, sometimes you need others to give you wise counsel especially when you have a history of negative thinking and making wrong choices. There is no need for you to make wrong choices when you sit in the house of God and hear the Word of God and understand that God loves you the way He does. Come on, let's start making right choices in our life. Amen. So God, God's given us a Holy Spirit so that we can have freedom to choose the thoughts we meditate on and the thoughts that come from God will fill your life and mind with hope, faith, and a divine optimism that will bring life and peace. You can have a blessed mind. Mind talk. Mind talk. I want you to look up here now. It's, it's time for me to close. I want, you, I want to talk to you. Next week, next week, I'm going to bring something to this church. That is my heart. I'm going to bring my heart next week to you. We're going to talk about Mind Talk too next week. And I believe with all my heart that God is going to change some directions in your mind and in your heart. I believe that. See, I, I, I want to say this. When you get saved, your spirit gets saved. Man is a spirit with a soul and a body. Is that for me? God, I love you, folks. Y'all so easy. Y'all so easy to preach to. I love you. Everybody say spirit. Spirit With a soul. soul In a body. Now, listen to me. That soul, that soul is our emotions. This body is going back to the dust. We were born dying in this body so the spirit that's saved has emotions to deal with and a body to try to handle and it's one against two really, really it. that's why Paul said there's a war in my members when I would do good evil was present and I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I need to do you understand that He was a saved man but the spirit world was fighting against the flesh world and we fight that. We fight that. That's what we fight and that's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit overflowing with the presence of God because we all fight that war, that war of flesh and spirit, spirit and flesh. It's like the old Indian told the young Indian one day, he said, I feel like there's two vicious dogs fighting in my, in my, in my body. He said, which one wins? He said, whichever one you feed. And we got to feed the things that are of God and starve the things that belong to hell. It's important. It's important. Then I love you. And I'd rather preach to y'all on Wednesday and Sunday than eat when I'm hungry. And boy, I can eat. I, I, I'm going to go a little further. I'd rather preach to y'all than eat Bluebell. In fact, in fact, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've sworn off of it. I'm, I'm off of it. Last night was my last night. Would you stand? You're incredible people.